Hey, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you learn about how copper changed our language with award-winning scientist Anissa Ramirez. Then you learn about the surprising health benefits of brown fat. Let's satisfy some curiosity. When you lock your door or install an app on your phone, you're influencing technology to do what you want. But what you may not always realize is that technology is influencing you right back. And today we have a guest who will tell us the hidden ways that technology has dramatically changed society. Anissa Ramirez is an award-winning scientist and science communicator and author of the book, The Alchemy of Us, How Humans and Matter Transformed One Another. And she's going to tell us how copper wire influenced the way we speak. Well, copper wires are linked to the telegraph and the telegraph was a fantastic way to send information because before that, if I wanted to mail you a letter, it would take days, it would take weeks to get information. And the telegraph made it possible for me to send a message to you in just a few minutes. So that was a tremendous breakthrough. But it had a limitation because the telegraph was using Morse code of dots and dashes. It became really a pain to translate a letter into dots and dashes and then for a person to be on the other side to receive those dots and dashes and then then translate it. So not that people were lazy, but it just became onerous. And so the style changed in how people sent messages. They would make a shorthand. They would use words like SCOTUS, POTUS. Okay, those all came from the telegraph. We started using a shorthand and also our sentences became shorter because we didn't want to translate anything that didn't really contribute to the meaning of the message. And so the telegraph actually shaped, it was one of the factors that shaped American English. There were other factors, one of them that America didn't really want to be like England, and one way that we could change ourselves is to change the way we speak. So we use a terser, shorter, more informal way of speaking than they do on the other side of the pond. But another factor that shaped how we speak was this technology of the telegraph. Wow. And what is it? Let's get into the science of copper wires. I'm not familiar of why. Why copper wires let us have the telegraph? Were we using an inferior metal before or how does that work? Oh, that's a great question. Well, metals are always good for sending electrical signals. They're better than things like a plastic or uh, wood. Wood wouldn't even do a very good job. Metals are based on atoms that are swimming in electrons. And so if you send a pulse of electricity, it's very easy for that electricity to move. And so that's why metals are a great, great conductors. Now, initially, telegraph wires were made out of iron. And that was okay in terms of sending information. But copper was better. Copper is better at sending. It's more conductive. And so that's why it was a great selection. Also, it's very, very flexible. So you can put it in coils and it's easy to store so that when you're putting telegraph cables up, you didn't have to worry about it breaking when you bend it. So that was the benefit of copper, that it was flexible and it was also conductive. I can't even imagine an iron wire. I don't think you would even call it a wire at that point, right? I mean, it doesn't even bend. No, it was very, very stiff. And there's other, there were other issues with iron, but copper, copper was very, very flexible. You can put a lot of coils and store a lot of wire in a very small space. That's also a benefit. So that's the reason why copper wires were so, so important. I'm just glad we have all this stuff so we can do things like podcasts now. Yeah, yeah. And there's a great story that didn't make it into the book, but there was a gentleman who actually sent telegraph wires and he strung, he put them underneath the Atlantic Ocean. And in order for him to do that, he had to coat it with this very, very thick layer of rubber and other materials. So in order for them to send messages from England 
to the United States. They, you know, they wanted to send messages. Email wasn't around yet. They still used the telegraph. So they had a very, very long, 3,000 mile long copper cable that went underneath the water. Wow. Well, we still have that with the Internet, though, right? We do. We do. Yeah. So those copper wires were replaced with optical fibers, which are glass. Wow. They're glass threads. And and they use a different process, but you're just using small bits of, in the glass are small packets, small amounts of light. That's what is the information today. But back then, it was small bits of electricity that was the information. Is that 3,000-mile copper wire still hanging out in the Atlantic? Well, you know, if you ever get a chance to go to Newfoundland in Canada, a bit of the wire is going from that building into the water. Uh, I got a chance to see it. Some of it is still underwater, but it's not being used. It, it was just left there. But it's a great story. This guy was Cyrus Field. Actually, it was like 2,000 miles of, of copper wire because Newfoundland to Ireland is only 2,000 miles away as opposed to New York to England, which is going to be much more. So he strung up this long, long cable and put it into the water. Again, that was Anissa Ramirez, an award-winning scientist and science communicator and author of the book, The Alchemy of Us, How Humans and Matter Transformed One Another. It actually just won the AAAS Subaru Prize in the category of Young Adult Science Book. You can find a link to pick it up in today's show notes. Tune into Curiosity Daily for the next couple of weeks to hear more great stories from Anissa. She'll be back next Thursday to tell us how the clock and the light bulb changed our health in surprising ways. Not all fat is made equal. I've always said that and I always will. Because you see, humans have two types of fat. White fat and brown fat. And a team of researchers has just published the largest study to date on what brown fat means for health. It found that brown fat is really good for you. Brown fat is a pretty new topic for researchers. The new babies had it, but it was only spotted in adult humans for the first time in 2009. Researching brown fat is hard because not everyone has it in their body, and it lies deep inside those who do. So deep that researchers need to use PET scans to measure it. But PET scans expose people to radiation, so you can't exactly go scanning people willy-nilly. It only really makes sense for a patient whose doctor is, say, scoping out a potential cancer. And that's why the researchers behind this study took an unusual approach. Instead of collecting the data themselves, they collaborated with a cancer institute to review more than 130,000 PET scans that already existed. They came from about 52,000 cancer patients. The results taught the researchers a lot about brown fat. For one, it's surprisingly rare. Only 10% of the people in the study group had any brown fat at all. That figure might be a bit low because cancer patients are asked to do things to decrease brown fat activity before their cancer scans, since brown fat can sometimes look like a tumor. It's also uncertain whether their PET scans are representative of the general population, since they were all being tested for cancer. But the most interesting finding is that people with brown fat have a lot less trouble with chronic diseases. For instance, just over 4% of people with brown fat had type 2 diabetes. That's compared to nearly 10% of the patients without brown fat. 
People with no detectable brown fat were also about 10% more likely to have abnormal cholesterol. And on average, they had more problems with hypertension, congestive heart failure, and coronary artery disease. Researchers don't quite know why brown fat is good for people, but it might have something to do with glucose. Brown fat burns glucose and produces heat. That might help keep blood glucose levels low, which would reduce a major risk factor for diabetes. And that could be part of the story, but researchers still have a lot to learn. Now, I know you're wondering, how do I get some of that brown fat for myself? Well, we don't know how to get it, but we do know a bit about how to activate brown fat if you already have it. Studies suggest that cold temperatures can help, like exercising in the cold or turning your thermostat down at night when you go to bed. Caffeine might also rev your brown fat activity. But there are some surefire ways to boost your health. I mean, sure, brown fat is still being studied, but eating right and exercising, those are health fixes with plenty of evidence. So, you know, maybe focus on those for now. All right, well, let's do a quick recap of what we learned today, starting with the fact that copper wire changed the way we communicate because of the limitations of the telegraph. It changed American English because we started using shorter sentences and more acronyms like text messages and Twitter. It just keeps going. We're just getting shorter and shorter. We also learned that copper is just more flexible and more conductive than other metals. And that's why it was the big winner when it came to using the telegraph. We're going to go all 99% invisible on you for the next few weeks with Anissa. Oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, I have to I have to talk like Roman Mars. Is that a good? Is that a good impression? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I plead the fifth. Hey, you know what? Uh, we haven't I done sound, any. Wait, wait. I sound like a bubble bath. <laughs> <laughs> just, just relax and listen to my warm voice. <laughs> All right, that's it. We're fans, though. To be clear, no, I, lo- I, I absolutely love ninety nine percent invisible. We haven't really done like a mini series in a while, so um, this whole. How material science has changed the way we exist over the next few Thursdays should be really fun. Yeah, let us know what you think about the little mini-series. You know, we've done it a little bit. We're doing it again. Let's see what you think. But we also learned that brown fat is really, really good for you. A study found that people with it had a lot less trouble with chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes. And while we don't know how to give you more of it, we know how to activate it. You can do that by sleeping in a cold room or exercising in the cold. But, you know, exercise and healthy eating are ways that we know for sure will improve your health. So maybe just do that. And in case you're wondering, when we say sleep in a cold room, very long time podcast listeners will remember this as an extra credit question in like the 14th episode of the Curiosity podcast just forever ago. And at that time, we talked about a 2014 study that suggested you might be able to boost your metabolism by sleeping in a chilly environment. And in that study, participants slept in a room set to 66 degrees Fahrenheit or 19 degrees Celsius. And after a month, the men in that study had almost doubled their stores of brown fat. Yeah, so maybe there is a way. Who knows? Who knows? But it brings me back to my original thesis. You know what I've always said? Not all fat is created equal. You're always saying that. Always. 
Today's last story was written by Grant Curran and edited by Ashley Hammer, who's the managing editor for Curiosity Daily. Today's episode was produced and edited by Cody Goff. Sleep in a cold room. Then join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.